are listening to an episode of Dope with Lime, a production of the Lillian E. Smith Center at Piedmont College. Each episode of Dope with Lime explores the life, work, and legacy of Lillian E. Smith. Subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and make sure to follow us on Twitter, at LES underscore center. Welcome to the latest episode of Dope with Lime. My name is Matthew Touch, and I am director of the Lillian E. Smith Center at Piedmont College. Today, I am speaking with Dr. Mihel Hoyinski. He is an assistant professor of English at Jagiellonian University in Krakow, Poland. His first book, The Rhetoric of the Revival of the Language of the Great Awakening Preachers, is part of the New Directions in Jonathan Edwards studies. His current project, Southern Hyperboles, Metafigurative Strategies of Narration, will be out from LSU Press. In this project, Dr. Hoyinski um, looks at renderings of the Gothic and the grotesque in authors such as Catherine M. Porter, Tennessee Williams, Lillian Smith, and more. As well, he has a new chapbook of poems from Hedgehog Press entitled Gifts Without Mapping. Today, we're going to speak with him about his work and teaching Lillian Smith and Southern literature in Poland. Thank you for joining me today, Michal. Thank you very much for having me. That's very exciting. Thank you. So let's just jump right in. Um, the question I ask everybody, of course, is how did you first come across Lillian Smith's work and what impact does her work have on your work? Uh, right. So um, I've been teaching American literature for a long time and I actually I, I have heard of uh, I, uh, of Lillian Smith uh, until um, I met Professor Robert Brinkmeyer, the author of the uh, Fourth Ghost, uh, that's a book that came out with uh, LSU Press uh, some time ago. Uh, and Robert Brinkmeyer uh, introduced me to, to Lillian Smith. We were attending a conference in Munich dedicated to Harper Lee's uh, Ghost at a Watchman. And he said, this is a book that I think you should uh, take a look at. And I did. And I was, um, um, I was blown away. I mean, that's uh, the, my, my first encounter with Killers of the Dream, because that's a book that's, uh, that, that uh, Robert uh, recommend, uh, said I should actually read. Uh, was, um, was that, that was a very powerful experience. The, the, the visceral and this non-compromising voice uh, of Smith uh, appealed to me in a powerful way. And I was, uh, yep, I was gathering material for my Southern Hyperboles project back then. And I said, okay, this is an author who's just cut out for, for, for this kind of a project in which I look uh, into the way metaphors and metonymies and all sorts of tropes and figures are employed by American authors to, to discuss their identities. So, um, yeah, so uh, yep, I have to acknowledge uh, Robert Brinkby for, for for recommending me, uh, uh, Lillian Smith, and Killers of the Dream. That was the first uh, book that I that I read, and uh, yeah, that's that's a powerful read, isn't and it? Especially her use of ghost and gothic, as you mentioned. You know, your book deals with that and those kind of tropes and metaphors, and her use of that from the very beginning of that book throughout. I mean, Absolutely, yes, and the the, the sheer the very idea of uh, these ghosts that haunt uh, the, the American South is uh, it's not just uh, you know, it's not just an ornament. It's not just a figurative image. This is also a, like, a, like a tool that you can uh, use to uh, talk about Faulkner, that you can use to talk about uh, Williams and um, uh, Truman Capote and a, a host of other Southern authors. So in this sense, I think she's, um, she's really at the top of her game here, like as, 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 a, person, as a commentator uh, talking about the American South. 
And I'm assuming since you're using her in your work, typically when we use somebody in our work, we teach them, right? So mm -hmm. you teach American literature in Poland and do you teach her in Poland? Uh, yes, uh, I do. Uh, that is, um, I teach uh, classes in survey courses in history of American Lit. And there, sadly, since it's only two semesters, we don't have time to uh, read Lillian Smith. But I also teach uh, uh, like classes that are the MA seminars or classes that are focused on Southern Lit. And there we do uh, read uh, Lillian Smith's Killers of the Dream, or at least uh, fragments of it. I, I love teaching it. My students react to it in a very enthusiastic way. Um, I had, uh, I, I did mention Robert Brinkbein, my answer to your previous question. He actually uh, visited uh, the, the Institute of English Studies at the Aguilonian where I teach. Uh, last year and we, we, we did some co-teaching and uh, my students were, were, were fascinated by the, um, at least I hope they were fascinated, <laughs> that they, they, they looked fascinated by, um, by, by Lillian Smith's use of language and this kind of non-compromising voice that she's, uh, she, she employs in, in, in uh, Killers of the Dream. And you say that your students connect with, with her work why do you think they connect with her work or with say southern literature mm -hmm. so you mentioned that to me before as well uh yeah i um i think for 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 a couple of reasons um uh, like when i was when i visited uh, your, your your college uh uh this this year i, I had this uh fantastic experience of meeting your students and we talked about identity we talked about what it means to be uh a, a a poll, what it means to be uh, an American, what it means to be a Southerner. And uh, I think most of these discussions, uh, that's something my students are very much interested in. Um, uh, William Styron in his uh, Sophia's Choice has this fantastic fragment in which he likens uh, the, the, like small hamlets in, in Arkansas to uh, small villages in uh, southern part of Poland, Galicia, that's where I'm from. Um, and I think my students, uh, they, they, they see this kind of bridge over the Atlantic. They see these kinds of similar ghosts that haunt the region, uh, this penchant for storytelling, the, the, the fixation on the ghosts of the past and the way the past informs your uh, present moment. This is something that's... Uh, uh, that's of, of importance for my students. And in this sense, I think um, uh, reading Faulkner for them is particularly gratifying. Although it's, it's uh, reading Faulkner with my students in Poland is very much different from uh, reading Faulkner in the, in the U.S. As you, with with uh, the, the, the classes that I had the privilege of teaching at the University of South Carolina or Salem State University, for, for instance. Um, How is it different? Well, um, okay, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, okay, lots of reasons. Um, take, I mean, my students, Poland is homogeneously white. So uh, my students, for instance, we, we don't have African-American students in, in our classes. I, I, I don't, we don't have one single African-American student in the whole institute uh, because we, we, we do have a lot of exchange students from Italy, from, uh, uh, from Germany, from the, the, the the UK, uh, from Ukraine, uh, but you know it's it's a it's a completely different exp 
teaching students who have uh, who don't have uh, uh, lots of contacts with people of of uh, with African American people, people who are not white. This is the, the the uptake on the issues of race. That's something very much different than from you might what you might encounter in the in the teaching students in the U.S. So in this sense, uh, just that. Um, yeah language itself right my students don't uh, i mean english for them that's a second language right. so in this sense they have to this have they have to encounter this have to break through this barrier that's right there um in the very fabric of language so these would be like two 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 things that on top of my top of my head holistically too i'm assuming i think it's interesting you mentioned of course those connections with your students with the past and storytelling and the traumas that you know, Poland and other countries that could experience and the connections with possibly Southern literature and the traumas, of course, that Faulkner and Smith and other writers are dealing with within their work. And you did, like you mentioned, you came to Piedmont in September, gave a talk. You talked about the autobiographies of Catherine uh, Duper-Lumpkin and Lillian Smith. And you talked about how their autobiographies serve as a sort of self-inflicted lobotomy, which is your term. Um, can you discuss that idea some and why you label it a self-inflicted lobotomy, uh, specifically with Smith's Killers of the Dream? Sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's uh, in 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 the book that I uh, that that's coming out in uh, May next year with LSU Press. Uh, there's this chapter, self-inflicted lobotomy, and uh, this is the the metaphor that I use to talk about the way uh, uh, a group of southern authors. Um, because that's actually a genre within Southern Lit that is, uh, is social autobiographies. Uh, so beginning with the 1930s, 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, uh, the, 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 there was a group of authors who uh, um, uh, tried to negotiate their relationship with the region uh by writing their autobiographies and by the way it's it's obviously i'm um uh th there's a number of uh, books on that uh, uh hugh holman's uh, uh works and uh, lisa uh, professor lisa Henriksen's uh, possessing the past there's lots of and uh, she actually juxtaposes uh um katrin duplanke and lillian smith as well in, in her brilliant analysis of the traumas of the past but in 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 general, um, uh, Dupre-Lampkin and Smith, that's a very interesting couple worth juxtaposing. Both born in 1897. Uh, Catherine Dupre-Lampkin was born in Georgia and uh, Lillian Smith lived in Georgia. Uh, so, but uh, the way they handle their background is uh, uh, on the one hand similar, on the, on the other hand, quite different. So they have these images that they use, metaphorical images, that they use to talk about the, the southernness. Um, Catherine Duprelampkin uh, uh, tells the story of her family, of her father, who was, uh, who, 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 uh, was a part of the, uh, the, the, what you may label as the lost cause re religion. And she talks of the twilight zone that emerges in the southern mind and uh, all the elements that do not fit the myth of the lost cause are pushed into the twilight zone from, from which you need to break out. Uh, Lillian Smith, so there's the metaphor, the metaphorical image of, 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 uh, of light or the sight 
uh, Lillian Smith uses the, uh, the, the notion of uh, intellectual deafness and the very like, bodily image of the cutting of the umbilical cord, which you need to do in order to um, separate yourself from this, um, from this, from, from the background that you do not uh, necessarily agree with anymore. And the laceration of this, metaphoric, uh, of this metaphorical umbilical cord is for Lillian Smith uh, um, a, a violent process that's uh, critical for the, um, for, the, for the understanding of who she is and who she is also in the context of uh, her family, her background, her father. Um, so in this sense, uh, there is this need, there is this urge for self-inflicted lobotomy on the part of a number of the, of the authors of uh, sudden autobiographies that is, they, 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 uh, they need to enter the hippocampus of their mind and uh, uh, cut the connections and reorganize the very metaphors they used to um, talk about the identity. So all of it is very visceral, all of it is very uh, uh, deeply figurative to me. And I think it's, it's, it's this thinking through language uh, uh, that's, that's critical uh, for, for the way the, the, the fabric of, of language in both of these texts is, is constituted. Yeah, the way that they actually hold up I use the metaphor, of course, too, which I see Smith doing of holding up the mirror to herself and having to reckon with her own past and the past that she didn't, um, that she inherited, that she came into, as she mentions when she's talking to one of the campers and Killers of the Dream, that my parents didn't make this, I didn't make this, you didn't make this. It was made before we were here and we've inherited it. Now, how do we separate that umbilical cord, like you're saying, and actually sever from that mythological Twilight Zone past that makes no sense, that logically doesn't make sense? Because she, she talks about that, too, of course, the fact that in order to uphold these types of systems, you have to separate yourself from logic and myth. Mm -hmm. You have this side of you that says this isn't logical, but you have this myth side that's pulling you that's saying this is something that's been here that I can't go against. So how do you do that? And I think it only comes with the self-reflection and reorganization, um, yeah. like although, you're talking about. Yeah, although, uh, like, if you take a look at Smith's biography, she is the person who, who, who did exactly that. I mean, she, yeah. she went against the decorum, the racial decorum, the social decorum, and she, she had courage to, to confront uh, her identity in a in a in a very um, in all, all sorts of ways. I mean, her being the director of the camp, uh, um, initiating conversations that impacted uh, a lot of people, uh, writing letters, uh, giving talks, writing books. Um, I mean, she she dedicated herself to to this to this process of uh, of of uh, negotiation for re um, regional identity in a. In a really impressive way, she she was uh, she was a very impressive woman. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting what you said because the camp and the impact she had there. But what I'm starting to think about now as you're talking is her forwardness with these discussions in the books, in the articles she wrote, and everything else. And then looking at that, and it seems to me, especially with killers, and elsewhere too 
like you mentioned a second, a reckoning with their self too. So it's a reckoning with their self to have other people and help other people reckon with themselves. So it's a whole process. Um, and while you were here, you had, of course, the, the chance to visit the camp. So we went to Clayton and you had the chance to walk around and see the library, the common room where she, where she lived and worked, some of the cabins, of course, her grave. And there's something, you know, unique, all this talk about ghosts and everything like that in memory, but there's something unique and kind of tangible when you're standing and walking on the ground where people that we study or people that we read about stood and walked. Um, can you talk about this experience of coming in contact with Smith through this tangible act of actually occupying the same space that she once did and mm -hmm. what kind of impact that had on you? Cause I, cause I know you kind of talked to me and mentioned that when we were um, going around. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm very grateful that you took me there. That was, that was quite, uh, quite a trip. <laughs> and uh, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, during my uh, visit, recent visit in the US, I had a pleasure of visiting Faulkner's house, uh, Tennessee Williams's house in New Orleans. And uh, yeah, and then Lillian Smith's house. So, uh, uh, and I can tell you one thing that all these uh, visits were very sensual to me. Uh, that is, I, I touched the furniture, I, I smelled the room, I had, uh, you know, the, with, with, well, the, you had this, the, the mountain, the old screamer by uh, just, just overlooking Smith's house, right? So you can, you, you can, you can uh, um, hear a lot of noises produced by, by the wind and the, the trees and the animals. So, and um, so my visits were very sensual in the sense that I loved touching the books that they touched. I loved uh, seeing what they saw. And um, I, I can, with Lillian Smith, I mean, we, the two of us, I think we went through um, her entire library, didn't we? And yeah, that, that was fun uh, to, to look at the books that, uh, that she read and the, the, the shelves that were packed with uh, uh, psychoanalytical works, right? And Freud, that was that was very interesting. But in general, that was a very sensual experience. Also, walking around, seeing where the camp was located. And I, I love to have a chance to actually take my students there. And uh, uh, in a way, it completes the image. If you, if you have a chance to breathe the same air, this oppressive heat of, 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 of Georgia, uh, that left me... Uh, unable to run, if you remember, <laughs> uh, all of that. That that's that's in our the, the whole package, and I think you uh, it it enriches the the experience of reading of Lillian Smith. If you if you walk around her room, if you see her bed, if you touch the typewriter, if you uh, look around, see the mountains, see the old screaming, see the forest, all of that makes the experience. Um, of, of working with Smith's texts and reading Smith's much more, it makes it complete basically. So um, yeah, I, I, uh, that, that's, 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 a that's, that's a fantastic experience that I sh think all my students who read Smith and uh, uh, write about Smith should, uh, should, should uh, be able to, should take part in. And you, you took a couple of pictures. You mentioned walking to the library and seeing all the psychoanalysis. And why did you take pictures of all the psychoanalytical works? It's for your students, right? 
Yes. So now I, yeah, I remember one of my students saying, um, yeah, uh, gosh, she, she did like Freud. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, she's using lots of metaphors that are, uh, that I, that you would associate with psychoanalysis. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, the next time I'll have a student giving the, giving like such a comment, I'll just I'll just show the picture. and say that's why because that's basically uh, well she read a lot of it. So this uh, intertextual there is this intertextual uh, fingerprint, and uh, it uh, the, this uh, that the book that she read on psychology did impact. Uh, her writings and it's visible not only in the killers of the dream but uh, uh in her novels as well right and there's like two whole shelves of psychoanalytic text yeah big shelves so we've talked about a lot and of course about your trip and teacher in poland what do you hope people in poland what do you hope that your students take away from smith's work i mean we know of course here in the u.s with our current moment things like that but what do you hope your students in poland actually take away from smith's work mm -hmm. Or just readers in general in Poland or in Europe? Um, I'd say in general. I wouldn't... I think Smith is... Uh, um, she, during her lifetime, she was quite frustrated by not being recognized as a writer, right? If you, if you browse through her letters, that's something that... Uh, there's this motive that it keeps on resurfacing, that she... She was frustrated at people not acknowledging her, and I think it's uh, right now it's good time to acknowledge her, see the kind, the powerful voice she was, and uh, um, I think it's not only in Poland that, uh, or in the U.S. that she uh, should become a part of the teaching canon for American uh, lit, but in in general she. Uh, uh, most of her writings, what she what she spoke about, what she uh, advocated, um, it, uh, could be associated with the idea of of, of building bridges and removing uh, uh, walls and removing barricades that separate people. Right. Yeah. So this idea of wholeness of the of the of of not separating the body from the mind of not separating different groups of people from uh, each other, of not separating different uh, uh, people of, of, of different uh, racial, social uh, backgrounds. Uh, that's, that's absolutely critical. And I think that this idea of wholeness, of unity, that's, um, that, that Smith was so dedicated to, um, in the context of, of gender, in the context of race, in the context of social background, in the context of identity. That's a very universal lesson that, uh, we, should all, uh, that we should all think about. And uh, that's something that's at the very core of all these metaphors that she, that she uses in um, uh, Killers. Uh, right. So I think this is basically the lesson that we can learn from her. I was about and, to say that travel and that bridge building is actually what opened her eyes to what was going on in the South and in Georgia when she was in China. Yeah, she was in China, right? Yeah, if you look through her stuff, she has an international focus, not just on the U.S., even though she uses that as, because that's the region she is and she stays in, even though she uses Georgia and the, the U.S. South as the locus, there is that international, I think, focus on unity and, and wholeness, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's obviously the, her importance 
for the American South cannot be underestimated. But at the same time, she's a she's a universal writer, and the topics she engages uh, can appeal to and will appeal to students in Poland, in the UK, in Germany. Uh, um, and uh, in this sense, that's that's uh, I'm I'm very happy that uh, um, that that you're working so hard on making her known, and I'm very happy that there is this uh, new documentary, Breaking the Silence, that premiered this year. Uh, by um, um, Hal Jacobs, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, by whole and uh, that that it's 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 great because uh, for instance I have I'll be using this documentary to teach Smith, so this is a fantastic educational tool. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have Hal on the show to be able to talk about that. So thank you for spending time with us today. Um, look forward to reading your book and what you have to say about Smith and um, Palumkin and others. So I hope you have a good day. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I, thank you for having me again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dope with Lime. Did you enjoy this episode? Have thoughts? Use the hashtag Dope with Lime on social media or get in touch with us at lescenter at piedmont.edu. You can learn more about living at East Smith and the center by visiting www.piedmont.edu backslash les.